0: Good morning and welcome to our Monday Morning Chapel. Please join me in the responsive reading of Psalm 86. Bow down your ear, O Lord. Hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am holy. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. For great is your mercy toward me, and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. Rejoice the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be forevermore. Amen. This morning for our hymn, which you'll find on the back of your bulletin, it is called Deus Are. It dates back to the 1200s, at least. It's an ancient chant form that was sung before the reading of the gospel or celebrating the Lord's Supper, especially near the end of the church year, which we are in right now. And uh, the idea was to keep us prepared for Christ's return. It's also been sometimes used at funerals and You will hear today this this ancient melody has a very haunting sound to it. It's been popularized in a number of movies, probably the most popular one being Stephen King's The Shining. But if you look closely at the uh, the lyrics, at the words, um, the text, it has very sharp law and then very comforting, beautiful gospel. Uh, In the end, it reminds us of the thief on the cross and the, the woman crying at Jesus' feet and places us as believers in Christ as his sheep in his pasture. So we join to sing the first three verses. scripture reading for today is taken from Jesus' words in Luke chapter 21, beginning with verse 34. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. These are your words, Heavenly Father, they are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. When I was in college, I was driving home to my apartment one night up near Mankato State, and all of a sudden, it was probably about one in the morning, all of a sudden, all of the lights that I could see and my horizon or anywhere around me went out, with the exception of my headlights. There were no other cars coming at me. Everything went dark. It was a strange feeling. And suddenly, on the horizon right in front of me was a very bright flash of orange and pink light that lit up the sky and went up high, like a big fire would be starting. And for one brief half second, I thought to myself, is this the end of the world? Could this be the end of the world? I think I was wrong, but I drove over toward the, the site that I saw and uh, found out that a drunk driver had gone off the road and hit a large electrical transformer box that wiped out the electricity to the whole community up there on the top of the hill. When we hear about the final day, and when Jesus describes it to us, it's hard for us to imagine. You ever wonder what's that gonna be like? All of the events and things that he describes are so hard for us to kind of picture in our minds. And that's one of the great challenges for us, I believe, as Christians, as far as staying ready. What Jesus describes to us seems so surreal. It seems like something that, that Hollywood would come up with, and, and they've tried, by the way. And because of that, it, it, almost, it almost becomes in our minds a fantasy event it almost becomes something that's just not really possible. You know, the first coming of our Lord was in such lowliness and meekness, in a manger, in the little town of Bethlehem, a couple of shepherds gathered by his side. But boy, his second coming in scripture is described far different than that, far more grand. Instead of a, a little child sitting at a baby chair, he will sit on the throne in heavenly glory, we're told instead of some lowly shepherds gathering around his crib all the holy angels will be with him instead of the peaceful little calm surroundings of bethlehem there will be sign in the suns and in the sun and in the moon and in the stars but these descriptions that jesus gives us to help us stay ready are almost apocalyptic they're so they're so hard for us to imagine and because of that, it might be easy for us sometimes to sort of blow them off and dismiss them. You know, in our world right now, we can occasionally witness, at least through television and, and uh, videos, we can occasionally witness some pretty shocking events that take place around the world, some tremendous catastrophes. I think of the fires that rage out in the West, California or Colorado. Uh, It's just hard to, seeing people drive their cars through some of this, it's just hard to imagine. Tsunamis and earthquakes that have taken place. Today we're able by video to, to go kind of all around the world and to see these different events that are so catastrophic and big. And it's interesting that we're able to kind of accept that as a reality. And yet when Jesus describes the end of the world, that we sometimes like to dismiss. At least many people do. I remember once my family and I were driving back into Fort Myers, Florida on the Fourth of July night and we happened to be coming into the airport and, and over the city about the time that the fireworks were going off in local communities. And It was very interesting to get a different perspective on fireworks from up in the sky. It's just these tiny little bursts of little, little lights going on almost like fireflies out in the backyard. how different that always seems when you're down on the earth watching these these great flashes of light go up above you. When when God describes for us the horrific events that are going to take place on that last day, he is operating on a different level of magnitude of destruction than we could ever imagine here in this world. But because Jesus' words are so difficult for us to comprehend, like I said sometimes I know for myself it's almost easy to dismiss it another problem or challenge that I know I have with being prepared is this the longer it takes for Christ to return I think the more difficult it becomes for us to believe it's going to happen the easier it is for us to doubt about that in other words the further the further away that we get from the prophecies that Christ has about how how he is going to return again the less likely we are to believe it, which actually, if you think about it, magnifies what he says. When you least expect it, okay, that means our generation compared to people that lived in the first century, because we less expect it today since we're so much further away, and it's like it hasn't happened so far, that makes it even more real for us today. The Bible predicts, Peter says, that scoffers will come saying, where is this coming that he promised? Everything goes on as it has. And it's easy for us to slide kind of into that thinking too. Think about a, think about a couple of children. Let's say their grand, grandmother has said, I'm going to come and pick you up sometime after lunch tomorrow, and I'm going to take you to a very special day we're going to have together. Do you think those kids are more ready at 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock? They're probably more ready at 1 o'clock, aren't they, than 4 o'clock. The longer you have to wait for something, it's easier to kind of slide into apathy. Now, Jesus is giving us here words of love, words of concern. He doesn't want this day to catch us off guard. He says, take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and cares of this life. It will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. He's telling you this because he doesn't want you and me to be caught off guard. He wants us to be ready in true faith in him so that we can see this day as a day when we get to go to heaven. Your Savior wants you to, as he says, escape all these things that will come to pass. So he doesn't want us living carelessly or ignorantly or kind of in a fog. God does not want you to look forward to the end of time as something to be afraid of even though it sounds like it would be. But because of our faith in Christ that he's put in our hearts, we're ready for that day. We're ready for it to happen. He has dressed you and me in the the white robe of Christ's righteousness. He's given you the holiness you need to stand before him someday, to stand before the Son of Man on the great day of judgment. And so, when Christ talks to believers about Judgment Day, it's always in a positive sense. Lift up your heads, your redemption draws near. with something we can look forward to because of what our Redeemer has done for us. And so, may we in faith always stay ready for that great day as we look forward to standing in the white robes of righteousness before our Savior and being welcomed into the mansions of heaven. Let us rise and join in our Lord's Prayer. Thank <laughs> you. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in his peace. Amen.